Coders, good afternoon. Welcome to episode 145, or 146 even, of the How to Code Well podcast. Wow, 146. And it is Thursday the 3rd of February, which means we are in a completely different month and we're going to start with a different topic. In January, the topic was how to improve as a web developer. And in February, the topic is going to be about bugs. So what I did was I, I created a Twitter poll and also the YouTube poll. And there was also a poll on Discord as well on what kind of topics to talk about. And it was the majority of all the polls came together and it was bugs. So that's what we're going to be talking about throughout February. I've just realized I haven't updated the, <laughs> I haven't just, I've just realized I haven't updated the title of this stream. So I will update all of that later. <laughs> hey, Bernard. Thank you for uh, joining today. Of course, this is live, as it always is on Thursday. It's uh, 8 o'clock here on YouTube. Before we get into uh, the bugs stuff today, we're going to just go through some cha the change log, uh, and then we're going to talk about what makes an acceptable bug ticket. And that was what the title of this podcast should have been. <laughs> I will update it, I promise. Okay, so the change log. There's a few things that have happened uh, recently in the last week. So we've got to lesson four of the PHP course uh, that I've been live streaming, live documenting and testing on Tuesday. Uh, we did that on uh, this Tuesday. We got to lesson number four, which is great. So we now have, we're now working on the style sheet of the, of the secure dashboard. And we've got the style sheet of the, of the homepage thing of the login form. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, login form. That's done. Uh, so yeah, that's that's cool. It's really quite um, a good thing that I'm doing this because I'm finding all sorts of little holes in the documentation that I'm sort of picking apart. And, and I think even though I was hoping to get this done, even though I was hoping to get this done a, a lot sooner, like I haven't even done the recording of these videos yet, these 10, these 10 videos for this course. But I, I think by allowing myself a lot, a lot of time to go through the documentation, I am uh, making the course much better um, and sort of increasing its its quality before it goes out the door. So that's really cool. So I'm, I'm happy with it. I'm happy with it. Um, okay. So also what I'm doing is... Um, in the weekends, I've been looking at uh, how to build our a Jenkins server specifically for uh, how to cope well, and I want to put that behind a VPN. So I've been playing around with a lot of DevOpsy stuff in the evenings and uh, on the weekends. Uh, so that's been fun, pulling my hair out with some Ansible stuff. So I want to slowly move away from GitHub Actions, and I have my reasonings. I will probably talk about them in a you know in a separate podcast, but. Um, Essentially, I just want to have more control over my own infrastructure. Okay, so uh, <laughs> the third part is that we're actually getting a new English Springer Spaniel in the next few weeks, and um, we've called it Goose. And we, yes, it's a it's puppy. <laughs> so we've got Murphy at the moment, and uh, in the next few weeks, we'll have Goose. So... You'll probably hear a bunch of um, yapping and barking in the background in the next few weeks, and I will probably be incredibly tired. So 
just to let you know that's going to happen um sort of midway february time so that'll be fun i will post photos and stuff up on twitter okay uh the last part of the change log that i want to talk about before we get into the the bug uh ticket stuff is that next week i'm actually giving my first talk of uh of to 2022 and this is an in-person talk and this will be at php southwest and it's a new talk that i've i've come up with and this is called coding with confidence using php stan so it's a talk specifically on php stan static analysis and how that can uh, gain uh, give you better coding confidence so that my first uh, public speaking gig of 2022 will happen next wednesday at php southwest i'll leave a link in the show notes um, when i'm done and i'll push this up to the podcast as well this evening okay so let's get into the topic of today's show and that is what makes an acceptable bug ticket now ha huh. <laughs> I've thought long and hard on this, and um, essentially my takeaway here is that no bug is equal, um, and no bug should be treated equally. Therefore, no ticket is equal, and nor should the ticket be created or processed equally. Now, that may sound a bit strange, and I'm sure there'll be people in the audience thinking, hang on a minute, this is not right. You know, surely all bugs should be should be catered for um, as as efficiently as go through the same process as everything. But what I what I want to do is break it down and talk about what I mean by not all bugs are equal and therefore not all bugs should be treated equally. Um, bugs come in various different shapes and sizes. So you can have, um, a, a, a really severe bug that takes the whole site down or whatever the system is that, it, and it could impact the customer in a humongous way, or you could have a small bug that, um, affects a very small amount of, of customers or vice versa. You could have a big bug that affects small customers and, and vice versa. But so what I'm trying to say is that they come in various different shapes and sizes. You've got front end bugs, you've got back end bugs, you've got infrastructure bugs, you've got security issues, all sorts of things get thrown into the pot. Um, and there is a fine line in my opinion, and I should have caveated all of this by saying, this is my opinion. This isn't like, there, there isn't any f- factual evidence here. This is just what I've gained from the past 20 years of, of doing web development. There is a fine line, I feel, between having too much process and having too little process. Because a ticket that requires over-process, and what I mean requires over-process, as in the process requires more detail before it can go on in, in, in its lifespan of, of, of the bug ticket. If it requires too much of that, then the, uh, the, the delivery of fixing that bug will actually take a long, long time, longer than it should, longer than it should. However, you can look upon it the other way as well. So if a, t- uh, if a ticket doesn't require uh, the amount of, if, if it, doesn't have all of the necessary details 
as in if there isn't a process in place that prevents you, the bug from going from one hand to another hand or um, you know being filled out correctly in the in the right format then there is a danger that you're going to lose detail lose things and then it's going to go backwards and forwards through the lifespan and it's not going to be fixed quickly so in my opinion there is a fine line between having too many too much detail and having too little detail and also specifically about the detail it, it could be that you're just using too many words. You're not getting to the point. And we'll go through what I mean by what, what is contained in a bug in, in, a, in a second. Uh, but essentially, there are that there's that scale. Too much information, too little information. Too much information means that you're going to basically be drowned in the noise of the process of the bug. And the bug isn't actually going to hit the production or the, the, the fix isn't going to hit production because the developers and the QA engineers and the different levels of reporting has, has to be done in order for this one small bug to get fixed. Or on the other side of that scale, it's having to bounce around between the person who reported the issue or the going back to even to the customer to, to get some more customer details because those details were not um, discovered up front. And therefore, during the discovery process, when the developer is dealing with this, the developer is having to ask questions that should have technically already been asked but were never captured because the process never allowed that to happen. So there is a fine line in my opinion um so a ticket that doesn't require the right amount of process during its lifespan will slow down the project as the actors that influence and oversee that ticket may have insufficient information required that's my notes here um so usually usually in in my experience, bugs get uh, prioritized. So you have, say, a P1, which is critical, as in all hands. It, this is this, Things have gone badly wrong. And then it goes up to P2, P3, P4, P5, whatever. Or they just have a severity rating. So this is severe, this is high, this is low. Or this needs more further discovery investigation. We're, we are, I appreciate, we are skirting around... ITIL, which uh, ITIL stands for, I've got, got this written down somewhere, um, Information Technology Infrastructure Library. <laughs> and before I go any further in this, I want to say that I'm not ITIL trained. So there are some things that I'm going to say that probably don't make a lot of sense to those people who are ITIL trained. And I would like to think that they will uh, come back in the comments or just hit me up personally and just say, look, what you just said is wrong. And if that is the case, then I will certainly talk about it in more depth and explain why I was wrong in these reasonings. Because I'm not ITIL trained. I've never been ITIL trained. I know a lot of people who are ITIL trained, but it's not not me. Um, so just finding where I am with notes. So uh, an incident... An incident, this is where it gets a bit weird, right? So an incident is not the same as a bug or an issue. It's not the same as a bug or the issue. So uh, an incident is like an unplanned interruption in the system. So uh, like an incident could be a bug that is found after investigation. Um, 
a, a bug is is a is a fault of the system, right? So this is about either found by a, a tester or a user, an end user. Um, and the bug, this is an important point, is accepted by the developer as a bug, right? Because this could be something that isn't a bug. This could be something, some other thing that, that just hasn't, um, that the tester isn't aware of, or maybe the end user is doing something that they shouldn't be doing, and therefore it's not actually, it's, it's like an undocumented feature, if you will. Um, an issue, on the other hand, is more of a business question. So, like, say, um, if there was a, a problem where some person was trying to do something on your on your website and they were using a very old version of a browser and you just couldn't, they just couldn't get to this point in perhaps a form or something, that's more of a, more of an issue rather than a bug because it's a business question because they, they could only be like 1% of your user base. And so it's up to, it's up to you to, or up to your team to decide if that is actually a bug that is needed to be fixed. You could, you know, you do a lot of investigation, how, how, uh, how many of your customers use that browser? When will that browser be end of life? You know, can you actually do a little bit more, um, investigation on the actual user themselves to see if if they are part of a particular group of people that you know maybe they're different age and all of that stuff and see if that that uh you know that if if that goes hand in hand with your user base essentially it's it's your decision then as to whether you deem that as a as a bug or whether that's an acceptable issue um, so not all issues turn into bugs. That's what I'm trying to say. And um, a bug is a fault of the system that has been discovered by the end user or a tester. And an incident is like an unplanned interruption. Um, a technically a bug is an unplanned interruption, but this is more an incident is more like, you know, we've had a humongous amount of traffic and the site's gone down because there's a memory issue. It's unplanned. Um, okay. So, so I'm going to just caveat all of this again by saying I'm not ITIL trained. <laughs> um, so there, in my opinion, going back to the actual core of this discussion is to what makes a bug ticket acceptable is that there, there is a bunch of things that I personally think makes the bug ticket ticket acceptable for me as a developer to actually fix this. And also you've got to think of it as a developer, you've got, you've got, many responsibilities, two of which are to understand the bug, right? If you don't understand the bug, you need to then discover um, more information, investigate. And then you've got to fix the bug. And then you've got to send that bug to someone else, possibly, to then test that bug, which means that you need to be able to read the acceptance criteria of that bug you need to be able to reproduce that bug and then you need to create a fix and then you need to create some i don't know maybe some testing steps if they're not done so already and then hand that off it needs to be and therefore it needs to be acceptable for you as a developer to fix it and acceptable for you as a developer to hand it off and deploy it and the, the QA tester, the person who's going to actually test your fix 
obviously you will test your fix, but eventually that will go over to another team to to verify that that has has been fixed. Um, they need to have a level of, of acceptability as well to make sure that they have as much information they need to attempt to reproduce the issue. So what I've done is I've I've condensed this down into how many have I got? One, two, three, four, five. One, two, three, four, five. Yes, yeah, six points. Six points on what I think makes an acceptable bug. Um, but bearing in mind, bugs come in various different shapes and sizes. And, you know, as I mentioned, you can have too little or too much information. So these six things. First of all, we want to have a heading that quickly summarizes the issue. So don't create a bug where you've got a heading that is like a paragraph long. You know, don't 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 talk about what you had for breakfast. Just talk about the specific thing, the incident, the the bug, not incident, the bug, um, what what it is that is uh, problematic, and how to um, uh, and, and and what is what is causing or not what is causing because that's your part of your investigation, but the impacts perhaps. Um, the next one is to have clear and concise steps to reproduce the bug. Now, this is where we can kind of lean on the whole too much or too little information, because depending on the bug, it could be blatantly obvious that uh, something's something's broken, like as in just refresh the homepage and you can see the logo disappear or refresh the homepage and the the, the footer is gone. <laughs> quite obvious things you don't need screenshots for those kind of things you just need to have explanations however if you're filling out a form and you have to go through several steps then maybe a screenshot is actually a requirement um, you know it's whatever you can have that will quickly show you how to actually get to get to the point where the bug happens um, and what I try and do is use like um, a b-hat type style of language so given when then and that kind of stuff um, because then that explains the acceptance criteria in a means of of or or not only the acceptance criteria but also the steps to get to the point in which failure occurs um, in a way that i can then code quite easily by using those kind of um, that language to say, okay, given that I'm a logged in user, okay, so I need to write a test to log in, or I need to log in with this given account. Um, then I access this page. Okay, so we go over there. So it's, it's, you don't, you don't um, fall down the trap of just having all sorts of like, you know, and do this, then do this. And you conform to um, a, a, lang a language, a specific language construct. Um, so uh, Bernard has asked, uh, what is the difference between uh, a request and incident? Is, it a between, is that between request and incident? Well, I guess now this is again leaning onto the change, change management stuff, but a, a, a request to change something is, is a change request. So that is, it's not a bug. It's not an incident. It's something that needs to be improved and changed. Now it could, that change could come off of the back of 
of of discovery of a bug you know oh we should really change that you know um the the fix could be fixing the root cause but there could be all sorts of things that you need to do after that root, root cause is fixed in order to update other pieces of of data that would become a like a change request um, or a change request could literally be, I want to upgrade this feature or I want to add this feature to it. An incident is more like, oh dear, you know, we've had too many, too much traffic coming into the site. And uh, because of that, the site's gone down because we've, you know, our email campaign was so good that um, everybody wanted to, to, to click on this link in the email. And that brought a huge amount of traffic to the site and we weren't prepared that is an incident or an incident is like, you know, one of our APIs have gone down or an incident could be that a third party um, service that we use to do the payment verification that's gone down. How Oh dear. What do we do? You know, do we stop payments? <laughs> have we got things queued up? An incident could be, you know, your hard drive is, is, is too full or the, the, the logs aren't rotating or the crons have stopped you know that kind of that kind of um uninterrupted issue would be classed as an out, uh, an incident um a bug is, is more like you know this thing that should have worked doesn't work under these circumstances um and you'll never have a system that doesn't have any bugs because you'll always have users trying to do things that they shouldn't do, or they ju they just don't read the page well, and so they click on buttons that they shouldn't have clicked. They they go through forms forwards and backwards. They press the back button on the thing, and you haven't you haven't dealt with that. You haven't um, you you haven't thought that you'll never think of all the ways a user is going to use your system, <laughs> and therefore they will find the bugs. Um, or it could be that, you know, this feature that you've been working on is actually quite similar to another feature that someone else has been working on. And when it all goes into to production together, then there's conflicts, there's issues, there's problems with the code. There's um, the user journeys just don't add up. They just don't line up. You've called one thing this this uh, this journey and you've called that journey something else. But actually, they do relatively the same stuff. That's happened before. Um, uh, yeah, that's all right. I hope I've explained that <laughs> well. Um, okay, so going back to the the minimum requirements for creating a bug ticket, in my opinion. Uh, so we've got the, the 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 heading, which quickly summarizes the issue. Try and do that in one in one sentence. Don't 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 see the title as a box to put in all sorts of it, carry on. You know if. If there is a issue where customers cannot access a page because it's throwing a 500 error, just say 500 error, customers can't access, yada, 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 okay? Don't go into the whole spiel of what the 500 error could be because that is part of the the bug description. Um, okay, so a clear and concise uh, steps to reproduce the bug. And as I mentioned, this could be in the series of screenshots or it could be in the series of um, click on here, go there. Uh, again, using the given when then sort of uh, thing. So given I'm logged in, then I click on this stuff and I've got this in my basket. Then I do this. Bang. 
um, that gives you a really good, concise, guided way of getting to the point in which which the issue fails. Now, obviously, you've got to get in the mindset of actually coming up with that sort of language. But I personally find it helpful. And I've worked with Q- uh, QA engineers who find it helpful as well, because that's how they write their um, integration tests. They use those steps as a means of actually writing automated tests using given when and then uh, and all the other carry on um, where it's writing scenarios. So they write scenarios that that um, replicate and reproduce in an automated way the bug. And then once the developer has fixed it, they can then rerun that automation and uh, the 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 fix will be verified once that automation through the their their integration tests their automated integration tests pass. Um, okay, so uh, okay, yes, clear requirements and environmental setup. So you know what browser did the user use? What um, is what what operating system did they use? Um, you know, are they a, an, a, an account that has a certain type, you know, are they logged in or not? You know, did they come from a mobile phone? Do they have JavaScript turned on? You don't need to have all of this information, but if it's relevant, if it's relevant, then yes, put it in again. It's finding the balance between having too much information or too little information. If if you can just refresh the screen and just say, yeah, something's gone wrong with the footer or the lo- the logo or the, you know, hey, I just refreshed the homepage and the site's not here. You don't actually have to screenshot that. <laughs> just say, go to this page and it doesn't work. You know, if it's quite obvious, then uh, then then there's no need to have all sorts of information. There's no need to fill out a form just to say that, um, you know, this... This uh, particular browser can't access the homepage when no browser can access the homepage. Do you know what I mean? It's like you, you just got to be you just got to be very careful with with how much information you're throwing at us developers and how much information us developers are throwing at QA in order to see if we can actually reproduce and replicate and actually fix the issue. Um, OK, so clear acceptance criteria, a definition of the correct behavior. So you want to not only say what's wrong, but what actually should happen after the fix, because it could be that you are um, a new developer on the team and you don't actually know what happens when the bug is fixed. (laughs) You know how to fix the bug because you know that there's an error or you know that this is happening and people are starting um, starting to sweat, but you don't actually know what should actually happen when it's running. And this is where you have like a functional definition where you can actually, you know, read the definition of your functions of, of how, or I should say features, not functions. So a, a, a feature definition, this feature does this, <laughs> it, but it's not at the moment. <laughs> this is, And it's broken <laughs> and it's broken at this point, but at least the, you should have guidance as to what it should be doing. Um, so that's really important because then that's you having some sort of checklist to go, yeah, actually this, this works, this works, this doesn't work. Um, and it's, it's a good way for you to compare what, uh, what it's doing after you fixed it to what it should be doing anyway. 
Okay, so a clear priority and the priorities definitions. So I mentioned earlier about having uh, P1s, P2s, P3s, P4s. I mentioned earlier about different severity types. So, you know, low, uh, high, medium, critical, that kind of stuff. Every project that I've ever worked on has a very different definition as to what they mean. (laughs) And it's very important for you to understand what they are as a developer and as a tester. Okay, some of these bugs that come through, you will just have to drop all sorts of things that you are currently working on in order to fix the bug. The thing that's just come through, the come come in the door. Um, and you need to know and understand the, the implications of, of the bugs that are at a certain severity level, priority level, that don't get fixed in a, an adequate space of time. So... You know, if you're working on a load of low hanging fruit and there is a huge amount of high priority bugs in the backlog, then in my opinion, you're kind of doing it wrong. (laughs) However, be very careful with this, because if you have everything as a high priority, then nothing's a high priority. That is incredibly important. If you if everything is labeled as high priority, then nothing is high is high priority because you've got nothing to compare it against. Same on the other side of the scale. If everything is set to low priority, then what are you going to do? You know, what what are you going to choose? <laughs> okay, so um, I think that's one, two, three. I think we've done four now. So the the uh, the other one is to have a, a clear understanding. This goes hand in hand with priorities. A clear understanding of the bug's impact to the end user. So, you know, it could be that that you get a bug saying that this one customer you know can't see this page well actually that one customer could be uh, could represent a huge amount of customers and therefore if they are customers that are paying and they need to actually access the, that particular feature of the site and they can't then that is a humongous impact and therefore that goes hand in hand with the priority orders um, okay, and then obviously, you know, the business side of it, the business, if it's business critical, then that's a whole different ballgame to if it's not business critical. Um, that's that's super important. The way I, I think about this, you know, what what I would deem as acceptable as a as a as a bug ticket for myself is to think of it like I'm a new developer. So I've just joined a team. Right. So think think of it like you've just joined a team and you've you've picked up your very first bug ticket now if that bug ticket is full of acronyms and full of you know stuff assumptions you know assumptions are terrible because they just make a fall out of all of us all of us but if your bug ticket just has a lot of assumptions has a lot of acronyms has a lot of things that are mentioned but no links to the glossary or anything like that, then that becomes very problematic. If you're having to spend your time as a developer to ask questions, you know, what does this mean? Um, how did you get to this point? Can you get? Can you uh, ask the customer? You know, does this happen on on this particular browser because they didn't give me the browser version? But I'm pretty sure it's a browser compatibility issue. Or, you know, is this user uh, an actual? a premium user or is it a free user what kind of account do they have if you're having to ask those kind of questions and if the bug is related to those kind of things like you know 
the user can't log in to their uh, to their account and they can't see all of their using how to code well for instance the user can't log into their account and they cannot see all of their courses well are is the user a premium user or a free user what are the courses that they can't see you know they could see some courses but not all of them uh another interesting one is pagination this catches me out all the time is like you know we can't see all of these products and it's like you can see all the products because i've just landed on the home page and i can see or or the the category page and i can see the list of project products and then you realize actually no what they're actually talking about is the products on page five <laughs> But that little information, that little snippet of information was was left out in the ticket. Um, another thing that uh, has, that, that and I'm going to say annoys me. Yeah, I suppose it does, is when you have a ticket that has come from an email. So it's just a copy and paste email and you're trying to sieve through the the footer of the email, the signature and all the CCs and everybody and all the gumph around the, the email just to get to the point of the, the issue, you know, again, it's far too much information, information that is not relevant at all to the, to the actual ticket. If you want to attach that as a link or attach the email as a, you know, as an attachment, great. That's great. But in terms of actually handing that to me and me handing that off to QA, that's different because you have to then, you know, uh, you have to read through all of that rubbish. (laughs) And, you know, this, this, this happens quite a lot because the thing is when bugs come through the door, it's all sort of, oh, no, I've got to get this done quickly. So we're going to throw as much information as we possibly can have at the time and yet the information might not be relevant or it could just be badly worded or it couldn't, or it might be in the wrong sort of process or there could be information in there that isn't highlighted enough or there's just not enough information in there. Um, you know, the important stuff now, you know, I'm not saying that, that if you were to ask questions during the bug discovery process, uh, I'm not saying that that's a bad thing because you often have to, you often have to, uh, you know, ask questions and do a little bit of investigation and, and discover how to get to a particular point in the system. That, that, that just happens. We are essentially detectives at the end of the day, us developers, we are detectives. We are, we are trying to read between the lines sometimes. And that's just part and parcel of the job. But when there are things that are completely obvious that are missing from the bug report. That is another, that's a, that's an issue in my opinion. Um, so yeah, so think of it like you're a new developer or a new tester and you're, uh, you've been handed this ticket. Um, does, do you have as much information as you possibly need the relevant information that you possibly can have in order to fix the ticket to fix the bug? Um, or is there assumptions in there that the you just assume new developers will will know because they've read the handbook or something? Do you know what I mean? There's 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 like I said, keep going back to this thing. You can have far too much information, or you could have far too little information. 
Okay. So uh, next one is that um, tickets need to be approved by the developer or the tester before handover. That's important. So when a bug comes in, they need to be approved by us. Uh, we need to go, yep, we we can do that. We can read all of that. We understand all of that. We can reproduce all of that. We can fix that. Fine. Do not be afraid to say no. <laughs> do not be afraid as a developer or a tester to go, nope, I'm not going to accept this ticket because I don't have enough information and therefore I'm not going to look at this bug until I have all the relevant information. Don't be afraid to to say no because that is the thing is the thing is um it's not this it's not this battle between you and the person who's reported the issue um it, it shouldn't be like that it it shouldn't be like oh i'm going to give them the the least information that i can possibly find and ha 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 it's up to them to try and decipher all the things that i've put in it shouldn't ever be like that at all it's it, it's part and parcel you should be able to uh work with your team r- really well and they should be aware of the things that you need and you should be aware of the things that they need and if you don't have that then that's a that's an avenue of communication that you need to open up and discuss and it might be that your team is slowly getting to the point where it's you know it's gradually got to the point where it's now hit some sort of critical mass where you actually need to put processes in place because you know you've got new starters coming on board and you actually need to start thinking about how do we how do we actually follow a process where we don't have this this back and forth going on between the QA the developers and the person who has reported the issue say you know uh, second line or first line or or whoever they are you know the the the, the help desk um, because the, the, the longer the ticket is spent just idling or bouncing between departments, the longer the customers are going to be affected. And at the end of the day, that is the, that is the people who are you're, you're, you're building the system for. Um, so you want to be able to see an issue, see how to, to reproduce that issue, see what should happen when that issue is resolved have a clear and concise understanding of of the the environment that that issue came came into into light so you know what what was it that uh, caused what 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 was it that the user was doing the context of it um what browser were they using if it's a front end issue what account and what, what were the details of that account um all of those things all of those things if there's screenshots put them in <laughs> if there's anything else put them in you know if anything as long as it's relevant to the issue obviously um and if that re- requires you to have a process where you cannot give the developer that that bug unless certain things are actually filled out then then uh, that may have to happen and then again when we give it when we developers give it to QA there may need to be another sort of uh, uh, acceptance gate if you will so the QAs need to know exactly how to uh, replicate that issue how to test that issue as well because that's a very different thing than just replicating the issue testing it as well because they may be thinking about 
how to attack that bug from different use cases, from different scenarios, and how they are going to write that in their own automated testing suite if they do that. So, yeah, there's a lot of things that need come into play. It's not just a case of let's just write a bug and just give it a headline and just throw in some description and then off you go. That's now a GitHub issue and you've got to fix it. In some cases, that works fine. It certainly works fine for how to code well because it's just me. It's just me, right? So I'm in my own head. So I know exactly what um, what I'm talking about when I'm writing these bugs. But when you're working in a team, when you're, when your team has scaled, when you're working where the bug is jumping over departments, you know, it becomes a cross-departmental issue, then that, that may require you to add in a little bit more process. Personally, I like working in the sort of the middle ground. Um, I've, I've worked in places where there is far too much process. I've worked in places where there's far little process, far less process, not, too, not enough um, and I've, and I've worked in places which is in the sweet spot. Um, I, yeah, <laughs> of course there are industries that require you to have all sorts of things, you know, regulated and stuff. And so I do appreciate that. Of course, there are things that, you know, your hands are tied in certain scenarios. Um, but like I said, I'm not ITIL trained, so I'm not even going to go down that road. Um, <laughs> Cool. <laughs> so this is the first part of the uh, the bugs topic for uh, the February podcast. We've gonna we're gonna talk a little bit more about bugs over the coming coming weeks in February. So if you've got any questions, if you've got any comments, then please do let me know here on on YouTube or hook me up on Twitter or even on the Discord channel, howtocodewell.net forward slash Discord. It's always great to hear from you. I'm so pleased that people are actually. Um, commenting and saying nice things about the courses that I've done previously. That's really good. It uh, certainly helps uh, encourage me to do more courses in the future. We had some, had some nice comments about the Linux bash for beginners course earlier on today, which was, uh, which put a smile on my face. So thank you very much for, uh, for all of your lovely comments. It's been great. And um, yeah, I will be seeing you again on uh, this this weekend, Sunday, on Twitch. We're going to be probably looking at some DevOpsy stuff. Um, as I mentioned, I've been playing around with Jenkins. I've been playing around with some VPNs, OpenVPN, and other things as well. And uh, I'm going to be giving that talk, at the coding with confidence using PHP Stan at PHP Southwest on Wednesday, Wednesday the 9th of February. I'll uh, leave a link in the show notes below. Thank you very much. Happy coding, everyone. Speak to you soon. Cheers. Bye-bye.